As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. There's been one demand, and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a live edition of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Dirk, and I've got with me Vic Tafer and Deshaun Reed. Ted Wynn will probably rejoin us soon. Uh, we're, we're having some technical difficulties here. Yeah, there's some microphone issues, but uh, we're uh, we're powering through. Um, we don't want to start 0-3, so, uh, so, so we, we, we got to power through, right, guys? Uh, and, and that's where the Raiders are at. 0-2 heading to Tennessee to face another playoff team from last year that is also off to an 0-2 start. The Titans were the number one seed in the AFC last year, and they're 0-2. So, um, you yeah, know, it's it's, uh, it's a rough start for both these teams. But, uh, Tashawn, let, let's, let's kind of get everybody up to date with the injuries. Basically, everybody who missed Sunday's game, along with uh, Hunter Renfro, who was injured on the final play of the game, uh, none of those guys practiced on Wednesday. So, uh, so what's the latest there? Yeah, there's also defensive tackle Blaw Nichols who hurt his shoulder uh, late against the Cardinals in the fourth quarter and, and wasn't able to finish the game. So uh, they have five starters who went out there, which um, you know any week isn't isn't a good thing, especially going into a, you know I guess we could call a do or die game against the Titans. And so um, yeah, I was a little surprised not to see Andre James back out there. Um, usually you don't see guys in a concussion protocol for more than a week, but uh, you know we'll see if he's able to clear that before the end of the week. Um, you know, Hunter Renfro, uh, for the offense anyway, is probably the biggest, the bigger concern just because I think Dylan Parham played pretty well filling in for James last week. But, uh, you know, in terms of slot receivers, it's probably going to be Keelan Cole or maybe even Devontae Adams playing some more slot. Uh, but, you know, the defense is obviously, you know, you know, dealing with more issues without Nichols, Denzel Perriman, Trayvon Morig, and then also Anthony Averitt still being on the IR. So they basically have four starters who are out on defense. And, you know, the Titans offense hasn't looked good so far, but they do still have Derrick Henry and um, especially you know, being without their best run stopper in Perriman, there's some concerns on that side of the ball. Yeah, I was going to say, um, 
watching Dylan Parham, he he's impressive. Like he he's really impressive, and he provides a, a physical presence. I don't think Andre James provided, especially in the run game. Um, so you know, I I don't know what they want to do when James does come back. Maybe they, they want to slide James back in and move him to guard. Um, but I I will say Parham looks really good at center. Devontae Adams uh, talked today. You know, he didn't talk after the game on Sunday. And, you know, sometimes I think a lot, maybe too much is made out of a guy who, who bails and, and doesn't talk to the media after a, after a loss. Um, you know, I thought some a lot of what he said uh, here on Wednesday was pretty interesting. And, you know, he talked about he doesn't care if, if he has unproductive games and, you know, if he has 20 yards, 50 yards, whatever. I mean, obviously, he's like every game I'd love to have 200 yards and be an all-pro because that's going to help my team win. But he does get frustrated, he said, when there's games like that where he's not productive, not doesn't have a huge day, and the offense is scuffling. Because, um, you know, that, that's that's what I think any any of our concerns about you know Adams only having two catches and uh, you know not a huge amount of quality targets was that I mean like he's the best he's the best offensive player on the team. You've got to find ways to help him help you win. And uh, so I think there was a little bit. I think he, he kind of in in a indirect way acknowledged, that, yeah, there, there was some frustration there that uh, not just that his numbers weren't there, but that it, he wasn't able to help the team win uh, because they weren't getting in the ball. I think that's logical. I think if you know your team only scores three points in the half and they blow a big lead and that you have no catches, that you're going to be upset. I think he's, I totally agree, he's a team guy. I think if they win, he'll have no problem with his targets or his catches, but. Well, they don't win, and that's what he's there for, to be the go-to guy, to be the guy you turn to when you need a big play on third down in the red zone, then you're going to have problems. I know Josh McDaniels talks about the growing pains they have, with, you know, and Derek Carr's mentioned it, so you hope this gets better with time. Yeah, I mean, it probably should, but uh, like we all said, this is a big, big game. and They really can't afford to go 0-3 against another team in the AFC, uh, who's also 0-2. So I just think uh, both these teams, uh, it's big, and Devontae Adams knows that, so I think you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think with Devontae, you know, because he's, uh, since he's been signed, he's kind of adamant that he doesn't care, and the whole group, whether it's him or Renfro or Waller, that's getting more targets, and I'm going to nitpick over that. But, you know, I think especially that kind of game, you know, you, you blow the biggest loss in franchise history, you only have two catches his first game in front of his grandparents, I wouldn't be expecting to be in the best mood after that, you know. And so, um, you know, so I don't think it's really that big of a deal, but I do think it is something where, you know, he shouldn't be, I mean, in the, in the second half, you know, especially as the offense got stagnant, he only had one te- one target the entire second half, not including overtime. And, you know, when you see that the Cardinals start to make that kind of pushback, I, I feel like you should make a concerted effort to get your best player uh, more involved in the offense. And so it's more about the coaching staff, I think, than um, anything. And just I don't think they called a very good game in the second half, you know, not just with Adams, but not running the ball and things of that nature. And so. Uh, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's something they can correct moving forward, but they have to do it in pretty short order because I think if they lose this week, they're going to be in, in some danger. What did you guys make of, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels when asked about not really going to that running game, and, you know, in that second half play calling? His answer was, well, you know, that's too early in the game to kneel on the ball. And I think there there are some ways that that can rub you the wrong way if he considers, you know, trying to run the ball with Josh Jacobs uh, kneeling on the ball. And I'm sure that's not exactly what he meant, but um, it, it, it the Raiders are, I think, the pass-happiest team in the league through two weeks, uh, which generally, like, it's usually, usually what a lot of fans and teams want. Like, ah, oh, pass, pass, pass. That's how you 
that's how you go crazy. But um, yeah, I, I, I think it, it was a little kind of a surprising way to put it. Like, ah, you know, that's too early to kneel on the ball. Like, well, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you know the running game was pretty decent in the first half. Let's let's try to keep establishing it when when you have that lead in the second half. Yeah, I guess he was arguing that you know you can't just run three times in a row and punt it. But it's like that's not what we were asking. It was just you know run the ball. Just a little bit here and there, you know, and, um, you know, and then also it's not no guarantee that you, know, you aren't going to pick up some first downs on the ground as well. Right. So um, there's really nothing he could he could say to, to I guess, make it better. But I mean, you know, just being objective, we can look at it and see if they didn't call a great um, second half. And they've been reluctant to run the ball in general through the first two weeks. Um, and, you know, I think this especially this week, you know, like if you let the Titans run game get going and they keep keep the defense on the field for some long drives, you can't really afford to have those quick three and outs. And so I think it's it's imperative. And I'm not saying it's going to be a run first team with all the offensive t- passing times they have, but it, it, you know I think they're 31st in rushing attempts right now. I mean you should be you should be higher than that. I'm kind of surprised with him with his history with the Patriots. You know, actually he's always been the guy that's put the run first in most situations that he hasn't done it more so for us. Well, part of it could be his own line. I mean, his own line, obviously, they don't admit it, but it's not been a successful uh, first couple of months for them as coaches. I think they've had some injuries, and obviously, Leatherwood uh, flamed out, but they haven't really addressed it. They only made a trade today for a guy who may come in and, and make it an eight-man rotation, but uh, I think the old line kind of prevents him from doing too much as far as relying on the run or, or giving Derek enough time to make some plays they wants to make. So I think it's all, again, part of this growing process that, that Josh talks about. All right, no, looking ahead to Sunday, uh, we've mentioned it already. Two zero and two teams. Um, who's more desperate? Uh, you know, the Titans, like we said, were the number one seed in the playoffs last year, and that was a little bit fluky, I think. I mean, I don't think anybody really felt like the Titans were the best team in the AFC in the regular season, but um, that's how the standings read at the end of the year. The Raiders, new coaching staff, the investments with Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones. Um, who, who do we feel is more desperate going into this game as the Raiders head on the road, uh, knowing they have two more divisional games? They've got the Broncos and the Chiefs coming up after uh, before they get that bye, and then uh, the schedule does soften a little bit. Well, to me, it's definitely the Raiders are more desperate. I think the uh, Titans are in a much easier division. I think they also have, if you look big picture, they have more guys who kind of on expiring deals. They may not necessarily be in it to win it. They have the new quarterback ready to go in at some point, kind of maybe a minor rebuild for them if they want to go that way. So I think they have time to either turn around this year or else they can just, you know, unplug and plug it back in and start a game with Malik Willis. But the Raiders, we've all talked about this division being so tough. Uh, you really can't, uh, it'd be really hard to start off on three, then face the Broncos and Chiefs next and think you're going to have a chance to make the playoffs again. So I think. Uh, the new staff especially has to be feeling it. The new players who, you know, had success last year and were probably thinking they're going to be able to, to pick up off that and go to the next step, I'm sure, are kind of feeling it. So I think there's a lot more pressure on the, on the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, I think the Titans are a team that aren't rebuilding yet, but they've taken a couple steps towards rebuilding. They traded away, you know, uh, A.J. Brown. They um, they have some aging players on the roster. They drafted a, a young quarterback to develop. So, uh, and, and right now they just don't have a lot of talent at receiver and it's hard for them to run the ball. Cause I, I think Derrick Henry looks like he has lost a step. Um, but you, you don't want to get him a heat, uh, you know, ahead of steam where he could be dangerous, which is why, uh, you know, the bills were able to get so many unblocked defenders in, a, in the backfield early. So he doesn't get to the second level where he could build up speed. Uh, but, but I just don't think Henry is where he was before and they're struggling to run the ball right now. And, and as far as talent on the outside, they're struggling to, 
uh, to get guys open. So um, to me, this, this Titans offense is not very good, and uh, this is not the Titans team that we, we've seen in the past couple of years. Yeah, I think it has to be the Raiders just off the strength of it being much more difficult for them to climb out of a hole in their division. I mean, the Chiefs and Chargers look like they're going to meet, meet the preseason hype, and I know the Broncos don't look too good right now, but they already do at least have a win. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think there's a stat right now, one three teams historically have been only six of them, at least in the modern era of the NFL, have gone to make the playoffs. And so they lose this week, they're pretty much – Cooked, you know, based off of you know recent history, and so um, you know, uh, I think this is a must-win for them. If it feels early to say that, only week three, like I feel kind of ridiculous saying that, but uh, I think it's true. All right, well, we're gonna take some questions now. Uh, we're gonna go with questions until about 5:25 here, so 15, 20 minutes or so. We'll get some questions and we'll make our predictions here before we get out of here. We do apologize that the uh, show got going a little bit late, uh, so, so, as we mentioned at the top, some technical difficulties. But if you want to ask some questions, go ahead and jump in the queue. We're gonna start here with Jeremy P. Hey, um, I asked a question a few weeks ago about uh, the differences between McDaniel and um, and Gruden. But uh, Sunday, it was like deja vu. I mean, with uh, were you guys surprised at – I mean, if they wouldn't have done camera shots and sideline, you would have th- thought Gruden was coaching that game the way uh, they just tried to sit on that halftime lead through the second half. That's what Gruden was known for. So uh, were you guys surprised at that – what looked like that quality McDaniels? And then I guess the one constant between the two regimes is, is Carr at quarterback. So do you guys think he deserves – any uh, blame for conservative play in the second half? I thought Gruden would have run the ball more, I think. But I, I hear your point. I think uh, they may have been a little conservative. Maybe both would have looked you know, to the, the short passes to kind of run some clock off. And I'll give Josh credit. I think he made – I made you know, that uh, sequence. I think it was, what, 12 and a half minutes to go. But I had three straight passes. But like you said, I mean, the first one, I watched it again several times. It would have been a big, pretty big play. I think uh, it was a nice play. Kyle Adams had uh, – an opening. I think there was too much pressure at the middle part. Him, he played well, but that was the one case where he kind of blowing up and Carter didn't have time to slip into a throw. But that would have been a big play, maybe a difference in the game. So I think there were some chances there. Um, but as far as the conservative approach, you know, it is early. I know it sounds lame. It's only two weeks, but I think you, know, you have a, a new system. I think there's going to be some growing pains. I, I hate to keep saying that, but um, we saw that you know both these games. I think so. I think you know, ideally, with Carr's experience and you know his talent and McDaniel's play calling ability to get more comfortable with each other and kind of uh, take the next step starting uh, this Sunday. All right. Thanks a lot, Jeremy. We're going to head over now to Patrick D. Patrick, how you doing? Hey, I just had a question. So I was watching the game and saw Neil tweeting on uh, Sunday and everyone's posting carving gifs and like blowout underway. Like one of y'all must have known that could have happened, right? Well, you've done this sort of a million times before. I was seeing it all coming real time, but you must have like an inkling up in the press box shit to go sideways, right? I really didn't. I mean, I know I've seen I've seen all the horror stories before, and I definitely shouldn't know it. But I just thought Arizona, especially the first half of their body language, I thought wasn't very good. I thought the first possession they had the ball third quarter. I think they're not really. There was no like you know immediate urgency for them. I thought so. I thought it was just a, a matter of time before the Raiders put it away. But obviously, as it went on and on, and they couldn't get the offense going, and Kyle Murray wasn't running at all the first half. It starts running. And I'm like, oh, now now they got some trouble. It still it took every single thing to go right. For the Cardinals and, everything, and just the, kind of the last play, but maybe I'm in denial, but I just didn't see it happening again. And sure enough, 
uh, you know, their most sure-handed guy, almost the ball twice in overtime. So uh, it's just a, it's an amazing how, you know, I think I mentioned how coaches change and the regimes change, the stadium changes, but they still have these ridiculous, uh, ugly losses. I mean, just think about everything that was required for them to lose that game. I mean, the, you know, they, the, the, the 22nd two-point conversion and, you know, then they score again with scrambling Murray on the last play of the game and then, uh, you know, a nearly impossible throw on the other two-point conversion. And then, like you said, Renfro fumbling twice. And like, as like, it, it took a, it's like a whole, li- I mean, it's like one of the, one of the sequences to, you know, set up a bomb or whatever. Where it's like every single piece of that sequence had to fall exactly in that particular way for them to lose. So, I mean, I, I think as much as we've seen terrible losses, like this one was, I, I think I, I didn't see it quite happen. I, I saw them having one of those games where they blow it, they blow it, they blow it. And at the end of the game, like, well, okay, that's a win, but it's not a pretty one. But I, I didn't see them blowing it all the way to, to losing it. Yeah, I think Vic said it best, right? Like the Arizona, they look like they're ready to go home and pack it up. Like Colin Murray's ready to go play Call of Duty. Then, you know, they give them every chance to win, right? So it's sad, but you hope they come back. But all right, thanks for the answer. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, we're going to go to Augustine B. One, the first one would be, like, do you think we would have fared better? We just nailed the entire second half, at least consuming some clock. And the second would be related to some statements from the coaches and players that they said that this team needed to learn to win, but I thought last year they already have them to, to win. Uh, I just want your guys' thoughts on this. Thank you. Who wants it? Deshaun, who wants it? Yeah, I guess in the first one, they, they I guess technically they might have been better off winning because they might actually, <laughs> would they burn in that one drive? Nine seconds or something? Nine they seconds. Did, they at least burned like two minutes off on that one. So it was good, yeah. But, um, you know, on, on the second piece, um, you know, I, I think something that McDaniels talked about was, I mean, every year in the NFL, there's a good amount of roster turnover. So there, there are a lot of new guys here. And, you know, it's, so it's not like they just hit the reset button and ran it back. 
and especially with the coaching staff changing and bringing in new schemes and everything, you know, all the changes this, this, this team has been through the last year. I, I don't really think you can, can bank on that carrying over from year to year. Um, you know, just like in the past when, when you know Derek Carr was on that 2016 team that made the playoffs, and the next year obviously that didn't happen. And so there's not always that guarantee. It is really you have to restart every year, reset, especially you know in AFC West in the division with all the additions that were made across the board. The better the division got. You know, there, you know, even though I think the Raiders got a, became a better team on paper this year, you know we and we, we talked about this. Like I don't think it ever guaranteed that you know they were going to improve on that ten win campaign or, or even make the playoffs this year. The learn to win thing to me is bullshit. I mean, like it's a it's a team. It's like the, one of the oldest rosters in the league. A lot of veterans. Like yeah, I mean that's that's a soft storyline. If, if you're if you're asking questions about you know does this team need to learn to win in, in post game pressers, you're you're carrying water for uh for a new coaching staff i mean that it's a it's a, it's a soft soft you know charm and soft storyline if you're if you're trying to tell me that this team needs to learn to win i mean you've got enough veterans on this team that no like yeah i just soft 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 if, if you're if you're trying to sell that line that was well said i like that one so thumbs, thumbs up next question <laughs> all right we'll Thank go to yeah, we'll go to john l do you guys have any updates on hunter renfro and if he can't go, who do you see stepping up to take that slot spot? Yeah, I mean, Josh, Josh Daniels is never really going to give us any clear updates on injuries in terms of timelines and things of that nature. But he didn't practice today on um, you know, concussion protocol. And that's a pretty strong sign that he had a concussion Sunday. Um, you know, if he ultimately can't go this weekend, then I, I would expect Keelan Cole, who um, after DJ Turner went on IR after week one, they, they elevated him to the active roster. And he's a guy that he's played inside and outside throughout his career. And um, in the preseason, we saw him play in the slot a good amount. Um, and so I think he would step in there. And then also, and they've done it already a little bit, but Devontae Adams is a guy that, you know, he's one of those receivers and we're seeing more guys being able to do this now, but he's a lead both outside and inside. So there'll be situations where he's in standing in, in for Renfro in the slot as well. And so, I think it'd be, you know, if he can't play, I think it'd be a combination of Cole and Adams. Um, thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, John. Go now to Stephen F. The whole, like, learning how to win thing, that just bugged me so much because it's like, he took over a roster that won 10 games, went to playoffs, overcame a lot to do it. I mean, they know how to win. They they acquired Devontae Adams. That guy's coming from a team with, what, 12 or 13 wins every season routinely? Like, he knows how to win. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just hoping that McDaniels isn't the only one that needs to learn how to win without Bill Belichick. That's what I'm hoping. But um, here's my uh, my question to you guys overall. I mean, how concerned are you actually? I know it's been two games. There's been some weird stuff that's happened across these two games. But I mean, overall, do you still have faith? I mean, do you think? I mean, I'm hope. I I would have to think it gets better as it goes on. But overall, how worried are you guys? And that's all I've got. Who wants to go first? You lead us off, Vic. On a scale of 1 to 10, I would say my worry meter is at 6.5. I'm two-thirds there. I just think um, the concern with, with McDaniels coming in, I thought, was going to be obviously everyone knows he's a good play caller. He has all the rings in New England. But didn't do well in, with the Broncos when he was head coach and didn't deal well with adversity there. So my concern was if things got off to a bad start, how would that affect him? How would that affect the locker room? I, didn't, I think it's a big question. Like, we don't really know. He can say he's better with people now than he was, and the players all be positive in training camp. But we have no idea what, how that would, would turn out. So uh, getting off to the 0-2 start is obviously not ideal. I think uh, the offense, 
uh, should be further along than it is now. I think they shouldn't be having these, these, these hiccups. I think they have enough talent, and he's a good enough play caller, good enough quarterback where they shouldn't be droughts. They should be a top five offense. I think all along, they should be a top five offense in this league. There's no excuse, even with the bungling of the offensive line. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think this, they have a nice matchup. I think the Titans are kind of banged up and not that great this year, so they, I think they should win. Sunday, I'll definitely leave some of the worry because you get off that 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 snide. But uh, yeah, I think there's enough uh, there to be a little, a little bit concerned about uh, how things are going. The thing with McDaniel's in uh, in Denver is like at least at least he started six and zero. He like he got off to a good start there. Um, it looked like he was he was going to be this uh, this great offensive mastermind. Um, and you know it, it took time for things to go downhill. So I mean the zero two start I think has to have you a little bit concerned. And you know Vic, you and I have kind of talked about this. I mean we, we all know that like there there's there's the exit ramp on Derek Carr at the end of this year. Uh, that uh, you know it's painted as a as a big extension that he got, but we know there's an exit ramp. Um, and I mean not that they would do this, but I mean, there's even a, a pretty easy exit ramp on uh, Devonte Adams at the end of this season. Um, so it's, it's like, I think there, this is, there's more pressure on this team under a first year coach than there normally is. I mean, this team is, is built to win and they're, they're supposed to win now. Yeah. If we're going one to 10, I would, I would put it like a seven. I think uh, the Chargers loss was whatever to me. Like I, I kind of expected that to happen. Um, but it's not not just that they lost to the Cardinals, who I don't think are very good, like despite being one and one, but it's just how they did it. Like it just looked like, uh, like like you know we it seemed like things were clicking from in the first half, and it's kind of team we expect to see going to this this year, and then some of those old kind of habits that they've had in year past start started to show up again, and so and that coupled with the injuries that they've had, um, you know, at some of these positions going into this Titans game, you know, uh, on the road, like it's just not a it doesn't. It doesn't feel like they're in a good place. Obviously, you know, you know as we said on the podcast after the game, you know, they can they can go out there certainly and beat the Titans, beat the Broncos, and then go into Chiefs two and two, like you know most people probably expected them to. But um, they kind of had an inflection point with this season already, um, you know. So wouldn't wouldn't sound alarm just yet, but maybe just like cover your hand above the button and wait <laughs> on the Sunday. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I right, appreciate it, Stephen. All right, guys. Uh, time to uh, time to make some predictions. Uh, Ted uh, Ted's been uh, hanging out in the comment section. Uh, he he's not able to speak. He uh, like we said, we've had a lot of technical issues, so we are gonna kind of keep this one short, and we'll uh, we'll try to do another one of these. Uh, I, I like how Ted gave the uh, bulletin board material. Uh, you know, Derek Henry's washed. Then he logs off. He's like, yeah, Derek Henry's done. I'm out. Well, I mean, uh, we do have our handy dandy uh, true media numbers here from uh, from our guy Aaron Reese, who does a great job every week of crunching numbers. And uh, Derrick Henry has averaged just uh, 0.12 yards before contact per carry, and only 5.9 percent of his runs have gone for first downs. Both worst in the NFL among 21 players with 25 or more carries. He's the worst running back in the NFL. All right. Then. There we go. <laughs> two two games, man. Big enough sample size, but uh, um, the the Titans also rank last in EPA per drive, expected point added per drive at minus point nine. Um, so uh, so with that, let's make predictions. Uh, I mean, this two zero and two teams. Which one walks out of here one and two? Uh, Ted, you can go ahead and give us your uh, yeah your prediction in the uh, comments section here, and I'll uh, I'll read it off once you're ready. But uh, but who wants to start off with their prediction? I'm going with, uh, I was going to go with the Titans. I think, uh, Patrick Graham, I said was, 
Patrick Graham talked about yesterday how tough a team they are. I think you know, Mike Vrabel does a great job in the culture he's built there. This is a great spot for them, coming off you know, an embarrassing loss or home. They kind of know what's on the line. The reason I'm not going to pick the Titans is because of their injuries. I think Terry Lawan uh, is a big loss. I don't think he'll be able to go this week. We'll see. I think Bud Dupree on the other side of the ball would be a big loss. I think there's not enough talent there for them to kind of make that stand they want to make. So, And, again, I'll go back to the Raiders' offense. They should, uh, even if Renfro's out, Adams, Waller, and Carr should be able to to get what they want in this game. So I'm going with the Raiders uh, very close. I'm going to go like uh, 23 to 20. Yeah, I can expect that. Okay, I'm also going to go with, with the Raiders. Um, I think it's going to be a, a lower scoring game. Um, so I'll, I'll go 24-21 Raiders. All right. Man, I, I'm tired of this being consensus. It's getting, <laughs> it's, it's getting boring with this. Well, it should be 2-0. Oh. I mean, last week was picking yeah, the Raiders exactly. was the right pick. Exactly. That was a good pick last week. That's our exactly. fault. Exactly, exactly. Um, I know the Bills are really, really good, but the Titans lost 41-7. to I mean, that was that was awful. They were on the road, and, and they played, had the Monday night game, so they're on a short week. Um, and so, I mean, like everything stacks up. Like, the Raiders, I think, should win this game. Um, so, I, I'll... Gonna go ahead and have to stick with the consensus and uh, and, and go Raiders. Um, I don't I don't think the offense lights it up or anything. I think they still have some growing pains. I'll say uh, twenty to seventeen Raiders. Still, they're learning how to win, man. They got the baby steps. This will be a key lesson in learning how to win. But not according to Ted. According to Ted, it's going to be a beatdown. You want to know his score? Raiders twenty eight thirteen. Wow. Derek Carr has a better overall game. They find ways to get the ball to Devontae Adams. The Titans' young corners won't be able to handle Waller and Adams, and the Raiders can sell out to stop Henry due to the lack of wide receiver talent for the Titans. 28-13. Ted has a beat down. All right. There you go. Once again, we're a consensus. It's beautiful. One and one with the consensus so far. Uh, I should be 2-0. Oh. I'm, uh, I'm putting an asterisk on that one. Yeah. Now, now, now the question is, when, when they get up 28-13, do they, they hold on to that lead? They're, t- they're taking me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We do apologize for the technical difficulties. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have our folks try to get this uh, straightened out before we do another one of these. And uh, we'll be back on Sunday with a regular podcast, uh, regular recorded podcast. And uh, we'll let you know. Uh, we'll get We'll get this all tested out and we'll let you know the next time we're going to do one of these and give you a a little more advanced notice, but um, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see what the Raiders can do if they can get that first win when they head to Tennessee, um, a boring city. Vic, Vic, I know is is really disappointed to have to head to Tennessee. Uh, nothing to do there. Um, see I'm gonna what, bring uh, a, I'm bringing a book to read. I'm gonna do some reading. That's, that's very catch good. Up on some reading, yeah. A book, some running shoes. You know, go go get a nice little workout in. There you go. My, my yoga mat, maybe. That's hey. Yeah. You go go to that with the uh, the Greek Parthenon uh, replica thing, and maybe do some, some yoga over there. That'll, that'll be nice and peaceful. There you go. All right, we'll talk to you guys all on Sunday. Adios.